0: is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead.
1: Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 409, recorded Thursday, November 22nd, 2018.
0: Greetings one and all, welcome to the program, and hello to you too, Jason Miles. How are you doing this uh, very cold day in Toronto?
1: I am fine, Christopher.
0: Did you leave the house today?
1: Many times, many times, Chris.
0: Because it's damn cold, and I didn't like it, but it's going to warm up this weekend, apparently. I didn't mind it. Yeah, you like the cold. I do like the cold. Well, I'm just not quite ready for it yet. I don't mind the cold. I know we're getting into winter now. It's the end of November, but damn. Just came out of nowhere this cold today, and I walked out for lunch from work, and I forgot my gloves, so I was oh. walking back carrying my lunch, and my damn hand almost froze off. It was not fun.
1: Really? Oh, I don't know where my gloves are. I haven't needed them yet. Well, you
0: needed them today.
1: <laughs> I didn't. Well, if, if
0: you needed to walk anywhere for distance, yeah. you would have. So It's cold, and I'm going to complain about it until it's not cold. Sure. Because <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, and today is of course the actual Thanksgiving day down in the States. So once again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone down there. I hope you're enjoying your day off and your turkey dinner and, uh, whatever else you might do on Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, that pretty much sums it up, I think.
0: (laughs) I'd say so. Yeah. And enjoy your, your Black Friday shopping as well. That's going to happen tomorrow. It's a really already started.
1: Yeah. I went to Canadian Tire today and, uh, I walked in and saw the crowds and the lineup and left. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I'd probably do the same thing. Do
0: all your shopping online, man. You don't have to even put on pants for that.
1: I was there anyway. It's right next to the, right near the the, uh, the Toys R Us, which I went to. So I figured I'd just stop in. I need a new snow scraper thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in to get a new snow scraper thing. And uh, I was just, you know, 12 bucks. I'm done. I walk out of there. I got my snow scraper for the year. But no, so much crowds. So I just said, you know what? I'll just use uh, I'll use something else. I'll just use this, this rock
0: I have in my driveway yeah. right here. It'll do the trick. I'll just use my son. He'll love it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Jasper, <laughs> go outside and snape, scrape the snow off the car, no, would you? Would you
1: grab him, put his mitts and hat on, and just use him to get all the snow <laughs> off? He'd
0: friggin' have a ball. He uh, probably would. <laughs> Videotape that if you yeah. do it, please. Okay,
1: sure.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We are here to do some listener feedback for the uh second last episode of the first half of season nine of The Walking Dead. <laughs> That's quite quite a mouthful. It really is, but I think I got it out. So
1: You did. No, it was perfect. It was good. It's just uh really the uh when you know, T V used to be so simple. This is an episode of Gilligan's Island. It doesn't matter where you put it, because they all end in the exact same situation that they're in at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what order they go in. It's just uh, now we have the second last episode of the first half of the ninth season of The Walking Dead. And it's important that we make these kinds of distinctions. This is is what we've, we've come to.
0: Well, you're right. I mean, they could have aired Gilligan's Island in any order. They probably didn't even number them at the time. Did they Did they have titles? Did those,
1: back then, did those episodes have titles? I really couldn't tell you. I don't know. I have them all. They're on a computer that's turned off at the moment, so I can't look. Right. But, uh, well, I guess I can check the internet, but.
0: Well, who wants to do that? I know the yeah. Twilight Zone had titles, but, so they probably did. But anyways, that's. That's where we're at, the uh, second last episode of the first half of season nine. <laughs> yeah, that's only the third time we've said it. Right, exactly. Just in case anyone forgot. Now, the ratings for this episode of The Walking Dead, which is episode seven, <laughs> uh, were only 4.79 million, Jason. Oh. That's low. As low. And it is actually almost the lowest of all time for the show. Yeah. Uh there's there's one or two episodes in season one that had just a few hundred thousand less than that. But this season has been mostly over five, sometimes only by a little bit, but here we are at under five at four point seven nine million for the live airing of the show on Sunday night. So wow. pretty low down. Um who knows? Who knows, knows what will happen next week? But we could be into a situation where we have the lowest live ratings that the show has ever experienced since it premiered coming, you know, next, next year.
1: Well, I think the, the masses are making a mistake. I think that the, by not watching, uh, they're, uh, they're seriously, uh, not doing thing, doing it right. They should be watching more. I, I think it's so. better now. I
0: think so. The show is definitely better now, but it's hard To win people back, you know, once, once people have moved on, it's tough. It's tough to get them to come back to something when, when it's a TV show. So I'm not surprised that, that they're down, but it is what it is. And, uh, I don't know that they'll ever, they'll ever, well, the show will never be back to, you know, what it was in its 16 million days, but, um, maybe it'll go up a little bit. I just think that's a difficult thing to get people to come back.
1: Right. It would be. And uh, just to answer your question, yes, Gilligan's Islands, The episodes were named like "Music Hath Charm," uh, "X Marks the Spot," "Little Island," "Big Gun," that kind of stuff.
0: "Little Island, Big Gun" that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, how many seasons of that show were there? Does it say there? seasons? Oh, not as many as I thought.
1: No. What the each, each season had? Uh, well, the first season had thirty six episodes. The second season had thirty two, and the last season had thirty. And then it was canceled unceremoniously. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, we've talked about this before. It's because the head of the network uh, preferred Gunsmoke. Right. And so they left, uh, the actors and everybody left the third season going, yeah, we'll be back for the fourth season. And then they just went, nah, don't don't bother coming back.
0: Don't come into work tomorrow. We're not doing it.
1: We're not doing this anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, time to get into our listener feedback, Jason. Surely. Listener
1: feedback.
0: So our first one here is an email from Elizabeth in Newcastle, UK, and Elizabeth says, like Jason, I was horrified to see even a pretend Stradivarius destroyed like that, and agree it was totally avoidable if Luke had just told Michonne he was holding a violin, not a weapon, and put it down and turned around slowly with empty hands. As someone who considers the violin one of the greatest things humans have ever created, that's a sickening moment. It does illustrate one of the current themes of the show, though, without communication. People turn to violence instead, and then something precious and irreplaceable can be lost. It's very true. Very true. It is. I agree with everything there, that Luke could have handled that situation a lot better. So could Michonne. But it didn't occur to me until I read Elizabeth's email that it really is an illustration of one of the themes. We have the communities falling apart, or at least, you know, Alexandria and Hilltop not communicating. and that leads to bad things and something irreplaceably can be lost. And that is the human connection between these two groups and the ability to grow together. So I think it is.
1: Yeah. It's it's very much the theme of the three communities that are out there. They lost communication and now there's violence. Well, sort of. Sort of. Or I think,
0: I think there's something that happened between them that's related to those scars on everybody. But um, even, even outside of that, just the lack of communication and the, You know, just the fact that they're not sort of friends anymore, you know, is too bad. And that's the problem. All he had to do was say, wait, I'm holding a violin. Don't hurt me. And then just put it down. Uh, Or Michonne could have, you know, walked around the other side and taken a look. That would have been a good idea too. Yeah,
1: more communication is not bad. It's, uh, you know, and you also, when somebody's, you know, behind you with a weapon and you recognize that fact, you start narrating what's happening. Uh You just, you start narrating your life. I'm going to turn around. I've got a violin. I can't put it down because I don't want to drop it. I don't want to break it. I'm just going to turn around. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you just start, you start narrating what you're doing specifically. Uh, And then asking questions. Can I, may I, do you think I could? Uh, I remember distinctly when those police officers broke into my house and were pointing firearms at me. Uh, I remember you know, them saying, put your hands up. And I was like, yep, no problem. Whatever you need. You know, I us lie down on the ground. Yep, I'm lying down on the ground now. Here we go. I didn't say that, but that's, my mind was narrating it. And then you start asking questions. Can I get up? Uh, do you think I can put on some pants? Right. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's the important things. When when there are people with weapons, you start, you start talking. Right. Please. Yeah.
0: Make people aware of what you are doing or about to do. Or thinking, yeah. you know, it helps, especially when police are pointing guns at you.
1: Unless, you know, it's like you don't put, the police don't say, put your hands up and you say, I'm going to, just going to reach for the firearm in my waist belt, yeah. waistband and I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to shoot you. Just hold on a second. Here I go. You know, <laughs> if you're going to do that kind of thing, well, first of all, don't. And second of all, don't narrate. Because you're gonna get shot. You know what?
0: And you probably should be. Yeah. If you're gonna do that, go ahead and narrate. Because if you're gonna try to kill police officers, well, sorry, they're gonna try to do it back.
1: They're yeah, they're <laughs> first. They're, they're not. They're not gonna take that shit.
0: No, and nor should the, they.
1: The only thing I disagree with Elizabeth on is uh, that the violin is probably the best things that human have humans have created. I mean, it's probably it's pretty close. But uh, I really enjoy a good cup of coffee. And come on, ice cream sandwiches. Oh yeah, ice cream sandwiches are really good too. That's a pretty good invention. So uh, I think that might be the pinnacle of uh, human society, right there. (laughs) So
0: we've got, say, modern medicine, Stradivarius violins, and ice cream sandwiches as the, the coffee, and I guess coffee for some people, yeah, as the pinnacle of human creation.
1: Yeah. Not necessarily in that order, but yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's pretty amazing stuff right there. <laughs> it is. It really All is. right. <laughs> All right. Next, we have an email from Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey. I just wanted to provide one clarification. When Henry saves Daryl, he steps into one of the traps, which Daryl has to free him from. That's why they mention the scrape.
0: Right. So I didn't really realize this at first. Obviously, the traps were around, but I didn't catch that in sort of the darkness of the scene. So, it does make sense that he scraped himself in the confusion, uh but I still think it's weird how much of how much attention they drew to it in the show to mention it once would be fine. It's like, yeah, don't worry, you know you just you just gotta scrape you'll be fine, but then to bring it up again later when Daryl gives him whatever it is to put on it and mentions you know preventing infection, I just feel like they were foreshadowing something, and I think maybe. Henry's going to get sick. I don't think he's going to die, right. uh, at least not from this, but I just feel like they called too much attention to it for it to be nothing.
1: Right. And if Daryl is out in the woods living as uh, a mountain man, yeah, uh, and he's still ha- he still has a jar of uh, infection prevention cream, uh, it means it's important to him and to life in this day and age that getting any kind of infection... Uh, means that the the zombieism is going to come and get you,
0: or or it just means that you you might not get treated. Like if he's out there by himself, I think getting sick is extremely dangerous because he yeah. he he doesn't have any anyone else around to help him or treat him or help him heal. Right. So if he's sick and he can't escape a dangerous situation, or he just gets an infection, which kill people all the time. Right. He might not. He might not be able to treat himself, so he has this stuff, which it makes sense that he has it, whatever it is, you know, polysporin or or <laughs> some kind of ground-up berry that happens to be good for infections. I don't know, but yeah, it makes sense that he has it. a special
1: kind of mud that he's found under his uh, tent raft.
0: <laughs> his tent raft, yeah. He dug it out of the bottom of that river and was like, hey, if I smear this all over my bodily wounds, I won't die. Yeah, smart. I guess so. (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Uh, But anyways, Henry, I don't know. I mean, as we said before, maybe it's just to get him into the infirmary so he can have a little FaceTime with Enid. Yeah. We'll have to see. Okay, Don in Wisconsin writes, I agree with Chris that the director or editors placed the scene where Henry asks Daryl about his scars out of order. Unless Daryl has a scar on his face, Henry wouldn't have known about any scar. I disagree with Chris, however, that Daryl had another X scar above and to the right of the one that matches Michonne's. The scars there match the scars shown in season two when Merle discovers their father had been abusing Daryl. It's good attention to detail on the show's part. So they do go back. I did go back. They, they do match. It was season three actually, but I went back, looked at that scene and um, the scar in the upper right, and then some of the other ones, uh, various places around his back do match that scene. So he's had those for a long time. So, um, there's definitely, well, there's, there's definitely no connection between those scars and the new one he
1: has on his back.
0: I just think it's weird that they're both in very clear X marks the spot
1: type shapes. Maybe Michonne has a scar to not match what, uh, Rick went through, but to match Daryl's X. Yeah, or they both have those X's
0: for the same reason, right? But um, whatever happened, and and I'm thinking those scars are likely related to whatever falling out there was between Alexandria and Hilltop, Uh, but who knows? But the point is that definitely Daryl's scars, most of them are not new. I thought maybe he had two new ones, but as Don pointed out, he does not. So it's just that lower... Uh, lower left scar on his back.
1: Huh, very interesting.
0: Yes. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens with that stuff.
1: Yeah. Next we have a message from Keith on Facebook. I thought there was a scar down Daryl's left eye when he was getting his haircut. That's the scar I thought the wee lad was asking about.
0: The wee lad was asking about his eye scar. And again, I went and checked and there might be. It's It does look like there's something there below his eye, but I missed it completely. The scene is is dark and, um, well, not the haircut scene that's during the day, but a lot of it's in darkness. So I didn't really see that scar. If you're looking for it, you can kind of see it, but I don't think it was obvious enough. If that's what they were going for, it was not obvious enough, uh, for the viewer, at least not for me anyways. Yeah. Plus I think that having such a prominent scar later on was confusing. It's like mention a scar, um, and if we're supposed to notice one on his face, you know, we didn't, and then show us a really prominent scar later, it just adds to the confusion. So I think the whole thing was yeah, ill-conceived a little bit, but maybe Whatever this, happened,
1: whatever they're talking about, is
0: confusing. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, it confused, I'm not the, you know, I'm a bear of very little brain, so maybe it was mostly me that was confused, but that's just what it, the way it goes.
1: Yeah, you're not the sharpest knife on the tree.
0: (laughs) Certainly not, no. (laughs) Definitely not the sharpest snake on the tree either. (laughs) Oh, we'll get to that. We will get to that. All right. Now we have a call from Matt and Julie, sort of.
2: Hey, Chris and Jason. Uh, My wife and I are calling in uh, from Toledo. We're calling regarding Michonne and Daryl. They seem to be the only two that we know of who have nothing to do with the hilltop, and they're the only two, again, that we know of with exes on their back. Sadiq knew Maggie left, and Aaron was working with Jesus, so it's assumed he knew as well. Tara and Dina are working at the hilltop. Carol, too, seems to have a good relationship as well with them. So were Michonne and Daryl branded as a punishment and banned from the hilltop by Maggie? This is my wife's theory. I don't think it's accurate, but nonetheless, it is puzzling that they seem to be the only two that are uh, completely unaware and broken away from the hilltop. And as Michonne leads Alexandria, that's why Alexandria is not exactly uh, working with the hilltop. What are your thoughts? Thank you. Bye. All right.
0: Thanks, Matt. Um... I think, you know, I think this is, I think, I actually think this is a pretty good theory that it is, you know, branded, you know, maybe, uh, as a punishment. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that the implication was in the episode that Michonne couldn't actually go back to Hilltop knowing that Maggie was there, before she found out she wasn't there. The only reason she could visit again was because now Maggie's gone. So, I mean, there's a strong indication there that there's some sort of extreme falling out. And the other thing is, we don't know if there are other characters maybe that have this X on them. Maybe it's not just Daryl and Michonne. Um, Maybe Jesus has one. We haven't seen him with a shirt off in a long time. Maybe Aaron has one. We don't know. Um, so whatever it is, it's just, a, a you know, some sort of knife was wedged between these communities and it, uh, it was still there until Michonne decided that she was able to go back because
1: Maggie was gone. That's true. And, uh, you know, speaking of everybody taking their shirts off so we could find out, we've actually had more shirts off this, at this season, this, in the last few episodes than we have ever, I think. Well, we've had Daryl's shirt off. We've had Michonne's yep. shirt off. Any others? Yep. So far this season, no, but I think that that's probably two more than, I don't recall ever that somebody's shirt coming off. I mean, Rick's had his shirt off. He's had his pants off too. Oh, that's, you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. And I think that was, uh, I think that was, uh, one of the, the shows we watched on the actor spotlight for, uh, Andrew Lincoln. No, he did. We he saw his Lincoln log, remember? That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. We saw the Lincoln, <laughs> we saw the Lincoln log in that old British sitcom he was in name of which i can't recall right now but no he's come on he had his he was in his boxers in the in the ring with um jadis's zombie there and oh yeah right okay, stuff like that so andrew lincoln has had his fair time of being or his fair share of near nakedness um but i'm thinking that when this week when they find eugene in a barn he's probably gonna have no clothes on for some weird
1: reason yeah, because, you know, Eugene likes to make things a little weird. And so when you're desperate and uh, hurting and stuck in a barn, what else are you going to do? You're going to take your clothes off.
0: Well, that's, it's a, one guaranteed way to make most people uncomfortable is start stripping, you know? so I didn't.
1: Yeah, he might be a nudist. And when he's alone, that's it. That's right. When off he's, come
0: the clothes. He never Or wears- when he's stressed out. That's right. He never wears clothing at home, only when he goes out, you know, or when he's hiding in closets, watching people do it, you know, maybe that's, that's it, but. Well, uh, he was wearing clothes then. He was. Which is weird.
1: (laughs) It's a little Weird, uh, Really.
0: (laughs) Kind of weird. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll see him with a shirt off. Maybe we're going to get other characters with a shirt off. I'm, I'm saying Jesus. Maybe if anyone else has a scar, it might be Jesus. You think so? Alden? I bet you Alden will walk around with no shirt on once in a while.
1: Uh, yeah, I can probably see that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So next we have an email from Leith. Sure. Leith on Facebook. Please don't kill dog. There's been enough dead horses and tigers as a tortoise owner. I'm not over that scene with Enid before she found Alexandria where she eats a raw tortoise.
0: Right. So we've had horses die. We've had a tiger die. I hope dog survives for a while.
1: Yeah. Me too. Well, Yeah. I mean, you know, kill all the people you want, but don't kill a dog. I'm telling you. Right, but you are, see, are you- That'll make just, that'll just piss the audience off.
0: It will, it will. But are you, you're okay with the horses, not the dog? Or are uh, you're more well, okay with the horses?
1: I've had a dog. I like dogs. I've yes. not, I've, you know, I've seen horses. I've been on horses, but I've never been like bonded to horses. Whereas I'll bond with a dog in like 13, 14 seconds. Sure. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, tortoise, I've never owned a tortoise, except my roommate had a tortoise, had two tortoises, uh, Coleridge and Wordsworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were fun. Uh. <laughs> as,
0: as fun as turtles can be, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no offense to turtle people out there.
1: <laughs> I mean, they were, they are fine. Yeah. They, they mainly kept to
0: themselves. Yeah. Well, as they do, as they do. As they do, yeah. I, uh, I knew someone a long time ago that had a turtle and we took care of it once or twice, so. I've had a nice. little
1: bit of experience with turtles. They're Turtles okay. live a long time. You got to be serious when you get a turtle. Yeah. You get, like it's got to be, uh, it's got to be, it's a commitment. It's like you got to make a will and, f- you know, figure out what you're going to do with that turtle when you die. Same thing with like parrots shit. and stuff, right? Yeah. Parrots, will, uh, they live for like 30 years. That's a long ass time, man. Yeah. But a t- turtle, hundreds, like they don't die.
0: <laughs> no. The friggin', you should name them Morgan as they we probably should, as we know. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I'm, I, I was thinking back about that scene where Enid was eating the raw turtle. I, I, I really think she should have cooked that. I think that was a yeah, risk. it's
1: a, it's a really good way to get Sabanella. Yeah.
0: Right? It's unnecessary risk, but then, you know, zombie apocalypse. So if you're starving, you might
1: just eat a raw turtle, but. yes, yeah. You know, the first bunch of trips to the Galapagos Islands, they, uh, the world never believed that, uh, that they had such, giant turtles, uh, and they kept going, okay, we'll take a turtle back and show them. But it was, uh, so delicious that they kept eating them. So (laughs) they never made it back to the mainland for a long time until somebody, somebody finally managed to get one back to the mainland without the crew eating it. Is that true? It's absolutely true. We,
0: we, we tried to bring a turtle back, but we just couldn't restrain ourselves because they're so delicious. Uh, yep. Interesting. (laughs) Well, now I just want to try eating a turtle. <laughs> well,
1: I think that Leith would be pissed off at you for that. Yeah, I think. I'm... She she hasn't forgiven a fictional character for doing it fictionally. And now we're talking about doing it for real.
0: I'm sorry, Leith, but I wonder if there's anywhere, any restaurants in Toronto you can go and eat turtle. Don't they, they make turtle soup or something like that? They make turtle soup, yeah.
1: yeah. I've okay. never had it. I no. don't know where to get it. I'm not sure I would order it. <laughs> hey, man, you only live once. Got to
0: try it's new true. things. true. So I don't have things. to try it at all. <laughs> yes, you do. That's not the point of that phrase. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think you're, you're mis
1: yeah you know you, you don't you don't you don't have that right. You only yeah. live
0: once so you don't have to do everything no no, 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 I think you're misunderstanding anyways, let's move on um Shenandoah on Facebook sent a message in. she says regarding Daryl's dog named dog, sure, you could have two dogs named like that. My dad had two beagles named this dog and that dog because nice. this dog's got a white spot on his tail, and that dog don't. See, now that's some
1: good dog naming. It's some pretty good dog name logic, that's for sure. I think I might go to a computer naming convention very similar to that. This computer, (laughs) that computer, the other computer. Which computer need to connect to? I need to connect to the other computer. Yeah. This is nice. This is good. I can work with this. (laughs) You always know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh,
0: there you go. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you for that, Shenandoah. Makes
1: me want to get two dogs. Just rename your cats, man. This cat and that cat. That, oh well, I call them Thing One and Thing Two, or uh, Cat One and Cat Two. And right? They get to they get to pick which one is which at any given time. They do, eh? Good for them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next, we have uh, an email from Jennifer in Minneapolis, because we like to say that now. Yes, we do. Uh, Jennifer writes: This is a small amount. Uh, no, there is a small amount of chatter on Reddit theorizing that Carol put dog in the trap. Dear God, I hope this isn't the case, but it's Carol we're talking about here. That aside, I love this little trio of characters and their dynamic. The decision to get Daryl with Henry to Hilltop is a win for all three of them. Carol gets to stop worrying about her son and gets to see her BFF be part of a community again. Henry gets the joy of uh, seeing his mom happy and gets a job and a mentor. And Daryl gets to be social again, as much as Daryl is social, and he's giving his BFF peace of mind. Everyone's a winner. Look at that. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Now,
0: I hadn't heard this theory about maybe Carol putting Dog in the trap in order to bring Henry and Daryl together because they kind of tag team the rescue. Right. I don't know if I can get on board with that. Yes, it's Carol, but she has much more of a propensity for lighting people on fire and shooting little girls than harming animals. so She'd be more likely to put Henry in the trap. Well, yeah, you got to think so. <laughs> Throw him in the trap and then make Daryl rescue him. Like, that'd bring them together just as well. Yep. Probably, yeah, probably. I, um, I don't think
1: Carol has anything against dogs. She does have a proven track record with kids, though.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think I can really get on board with this theory, although I can see where it came from. You know, if if some people are thinking Carol is just a a whack job, then maybe she'd do something like this, but this is her son. I don't think she would. I don't think she would do it. I, I agree. Yeah. All righty. Uh, Robin from our Facebook page says, Hey guys here in Georgia, there's a big black snake called the carriage whip snake, and they climb trees all the time. They can be five feet long and four inches in diameter. We had one in our yard a couple of years ago It waited in a tree and wrapped itself around a squirrel. They also climb the poles of bird feeders, and they rear up and chase you. So there you go. I mean, this sounds like the most frightening snake in the world. Not only can it climb trees, wait in hiding to kill animals, uh, and climb poles, and rear up and chase you. Like, I don't want to encounter one of these things ever.
1: Yeah, I now agree with Indiana Jones. I hate snakes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally, man. I never had a problem before now. Uh, Because I always thought I could just, well, okay, so yeah, boa constrictors, I do know, okay, so this is knowledge I have that I didn't apply. I do know that they like to hide in trees and drop on their prey, because how else are they going to catch them? They're not that fast. So if they hide in trees, how the hell do they get up there? They probably climbed the fucking tree. Yeah, good point. They had to get up there somehow. Okay, so this I just wasn't able to recall and then apply the knowledge I already have. So snakes can climb trees, uh, but not in Canada, right? Like we can agree on that. That if there are snakes, they're only like eighteen inches long at the most, and they don't climb trees. No, we have some
0: decent sized snakes. We have rattlesnakes and stuff like that up here. I mean, no rattlesnakes you, don't climb trees. No, I, I'm I'm saying we have some large-ish snakes, not compared to like a five. I don't think we have five foot snakes up here. We definitely don't have like giant boa constrictors, Uh, but we do have some decent sized snakes. I've seen them. We have a ton of little snakes though. Yeah. Uh, But you're right. To my knowledge, there are no Canadian variety of snakes that climb trees, but you know what? I'm sure someone out there does know. So let us, let us know if you have that intel.
1: Yeah, so I guess it's just uh, for me anyway. It was me not correctly applying knowledge that I have, and I chalk it up to being Canadian. Well, and and you just assume that you know there. There's only a few things that climb trees. Squirrels climb trees. Beavers don't climb trees. Moose don't climb trees. Moose don't need to climb trees because they're so friggin' tall anyway. They're as big as trees, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, up here, as far as I know. Well, here I am sticking my foot in my mouth even farther. In Canada, snakes don't c- climb trees. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so but- I need like, somebody to rebuff or re- rebuke my Canadian sensibilities. It, okay, where I grew up and where I live now, I've never seen a snake climb a tree. <laughs> exactly,
0: and if you All haven't right? seen, and it- I,
1: d- I make it personal. I've not seen a snake climb a tree.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I don't think where anyone's really calling you out on that. I just, I just didn't really believe that they could kind of climb up a tree without wrapping around it cuz that sort of makes sense to me but apparently it is a thing. We some other listeners sent in pictures of snakes on trees and uh it's it's nuts. I think snakes are I I'm I'm sort of equally more terrified and impressed with snakes now.
1: Well now I think a snake is going to drop on me while I'm sleeping, right? <laughs> now I used to just worry about spiders and centipedes. But now I got to worry about snakes. Yeah, you do. they might. They might just fly in the window,
0: like Aaron flew across that horse.
1: I'm not even sure my cats could climb trees. Like they probably could physically, but they might be too dumb. Well, I've seen cats. Oh, I know cats can climb trees. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about my dumb cats. Oh, sure. Cats can't. They probably climb... don't know that they My my one cat caught a chipmunk one time, and then looked at me like, "What do I do with it now?" Mm. And then I left. Because uh, I had to go and I came back an hour later thinking there would be a little tiny murder scene in the cabin. And I got back and uh, the cat was asleep and I found the chipmunk under the dresser. <laughs> she let it go and forgot about it. And it didn't know what to do. Uh, well, I mean, c- cats can climb up
0: trees, but they can't climb down trees. That's why they're always stuck up there.
1: Well, that's why you need the fire department to come and get your cat out of a tree, right? Right. That's right. That's what firemen mm-hmm. are for. <laughs> all right. Uh, awesome. All right, so next we have an email from Poultry Princess in Arkansas. Snakes can climb trees. Snakes can climb walls. They do it in my chicken houses all the time. The scales on their abdomen contract and grab like Velcro against any rough surface. The only thing I haven't seen them be able to climb is glass, but if, uh, if they're long enough, they can stand up and grasp onto something rougher like a brick wall. Snakes are amazing. And speaking of chicken houses, I have a Labrador and his name he his name is Big Boy i had i had stage 1 lung cancer 3 years ago and couldn't go to the chicken houses to work for some time i'm fine now so other people would walk the chickens pick up the dead fix what was broken i have 3 houses with 25000 chickens per house big boy was very concerned about me not going out there and took to bringing me a dead chicken home every day and laying it at the back door for me i think he thought i wouldn't have anything to eat perhaps dog Thinks Daryl, uh, Daryl sees Daryl kill walkers and then finds pieces of them. Uh, he brings and brings them back to camp, worried that Daryl won't have anything to eat. Dog, dogs never cease to amaze me how they think and what they know.
0: All right, so I wanted to include this message because of the sheer volume of information here. Yeah, uh, Poultry Princess, whose real name I know, but that's how she signed this one. So I, I thought I'd go with it. Um, Included so much information. First of all, snakes can climb trees. We know that they can climb other things. That's can, good. Yeah, the contraction of their abdomen, their abdomen to to like climb up stuff is fascinating. Uh, they can stand up and grasp onto other things. I mean, you don't think of snakes standing up, but you know, rearing up, like Robin said, or standing up is is terrifying. Um, the you know uh, the chicken houses having twenty. 20- Five thousand chickens in each one—that's a
1: lot of freaking chickens. That's seventy-five thousand chickens if you do the math, and that's that's more chickens than I understand. I, I can't—I <laughs> can't even imagine that many chickens. So that's—I don't that's, think I've ever eaten that many chickens, and I've eaten a lot of chickens. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's more chickens than I can even wrap my brain around. Uh, and then, and then glad to hear you're fine from the the lung cancer, first of all, but then the dog, you know, bringing back the chickens. Oh, and other people going to pick up the dead, fix what's broken. I'm like, I guess with 25,000 chickens in a house once in a while, they're going to like trample each other or something. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, I guess they just die. Everything that lives must die, right? Okay. So at one point, every one of those 25,000 chickens is probably going to die or why have them really? Sure. Like at that point, well, like why have that many chickens if you don't if they're not all if they're not going to die? So, uh, but I guess there's you know the uh, breakage. Like there's just every once in a while you're going to find a dead chicken, whatever yeah. the reason. Right. Other chickens killed it because they're mad at it. The little chicken murders. Uh, it could be chicken self defense. <laughs> uh, you know chicken manslaughter, chicken slaughter. (laughs) It's like manslaughter, but for chickens. Uh, There's going to be some dead chickens, and I guess you don't want to just leave them, so you got to pick up the chicken, the dead chicken, and deal with it. Right. And I guess uh, Big Boy would find... Uh, there was a little vague here on whether the chicken was alive before Big Boy got a hold of it.
0: Well, e- either way, the the point is the dog was bringing her something because the dog knew that she might need it, and that's what that's what dog was doing as well in the episode, bringing right. parts of feet and hands, because Daryl might need something to eat, and the dogs yeah. just trying to help. Hey,
1: hey, Daryl. I think I think you might be hungry. There, here's a half a foot. Right. I brought the half back for you. Right. I mean, the heel I, half I ate because that's the good part. Well,
0: or maybe it's not. It's you know, maybe it's not the good part, and the dog is even nicer, bringing the good part to his master.
1: I don't eat a lot of feet of animals, <laughs> or, or anything really. So I'm not sure what the good part is. Uh, in terms of the foot, no, I, you know, there's I not a lot chicken th- foot in my soup one time. You didn't eat that. I didn't know whether I should or not. Oh. I asked around. Nobody could give me a straight answer, so I didn't eat it. You didn't take the chance. Well, yeah, because we were at a, you know, we got genuine Chinese uh, buffet kind of thing, and I got some soup, and uh, there's chicken feet in it. And every once in a while, I was like, is it lucky to get a chicken foot? I don't know. Do I eat the chicken foot? I asked around. Nobody seemed to know. I didn't. I decided not to dig in. Yeah, fair enough. You never know. I I don't know either. You can eat pig's feet. I know that. I haven't, but you can. Oh yeah, yeah. I
0: you can. I mean, there's probably more than one animal foot you can eat, but you know, severed zombie toes, yeah, a little, little less appetizing, I'd say. I
1: don't think. Can you eat zombies?
0: No, I mean, not really. No, you can't eat zombies. Like it's eating rotten meat. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, unless. So why is he they're...
1: bringing back meat? That must have been a not zombie foot then. No, right. no, 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 no. The dog can eat the meat. The dog, like, dogs can why eat he raw. why do you throw it in the fire, though? The dog's going to eat it raw. The dog's not going to wait for you to cook it.
0: I think he was, I don't think Daryl's going to cook it and feed it back to the dog. I think he's just disposing of it. He's like, thanks, dog. I don't need this. I'm just going to throw this in here and get rid yeah,
1: of it. That wasn't was his cooking technique? Because like four seconds later... Uh, Carol said, this is nice. You're cooking for us. No, he was cooking snake and he was making that snake stew or whatever. Ah, uh, that would happen also four seconds after he threw a foot in a fire. What so that? that's a little ambiguous too, I think. Or the foot is just fuel for the fire. It's, that's how that's he That's not fire right. Going. We've talked about that. Bodies are not fuel. You yeah. have to, you have to apply fuel to cook them. Okay. Well, them. listen, I think he was just
0: getting rid of the foot and what he's doing okay. is he's, he doesn't want to hurt dog's feelings. He's like, thank you, dog. I appreciate the gift. And I know it's important to you. And this is what I do with your gifts. I throw them in the fire. So thank you, dog. Right. Dogs are pretty dumb. So <laughs> they probably think, yeah, that's fine. That's they're, what he does. They're dumb and smart all at the same time, right? Dogs that's never cease. That's how ceased. he loves me. He throws the shit I give him in the fire. See? That's how I know he loves me. It works. It works. And dogs never cease to amaze the poultry princess. And uh, I like dogs too. We have one in the house right now We're dog sitting for somebody.
1: Oh, nice. See? Yeah. Don't kill the dog. I'm you have not, a horse in the house? Is there? Are you a horse sitting right now? No. Is there a horse upstairs? See, this is my point. Yeah, well, if you there was kill, a horse. For me, you could kill a horse, and that's sad. You know, it, it's sad. But you kill a dog, it's going to piss me off. Okay, well, I'm not going to kill the dog. Well, no, not you. I'm talking about TV. I know you're not <laughs> going to kill a dog. Like, Chris, when you kill horses, it's fine. But when you kill dogs... It upsets me, so please don't kill the dog you're babysitting, okay? I'm glad I'm not horse-sitting right now. Yeah, me too. Because can horses climb stairs? I don't know. Oh, probably, but (laughs) take up a lot of room in any case.
0: All right, let's move on to our next email here. It comes from John, right, in Boston, Massachusetts. John says, I was pretty disappointed with the manner in which Rick Grimes was removed from the show. The episodes since, however, have been pretty well-crafted. I find myself wondering if the season might not have benefited from starting with Episode 6 and foregoing the long lead-up to the second time jump. Imagine a cold open with Episode 1 featuring Judith's rescue of Magna's group. We would find ourselves thrust six years into the future, left wondering what's become of Rick and Maggie and Negan and Anne. The rest of the first half of the season could have fleshed in many of the details slowly, through flashbacks and dreams and stories and speculation. Maybe we only learn of Rick's apparent death from the viewpoint of Daryl and Michonne, and's strange departure from Gabe. Uh, that strikes me as an excellent lead-in to whatever the films are going to turn out to be. Wow. What what do you think of this possibility? This is just a sort of fantasy of, of John's here, of a different way of doing season nine. Uh, but any, any thoughts, Jason, on doing it this way in such a, such a shocking and jarring start.
1: Well, I think that way. telling the story that way would be fine for other shows, but this show doesn't do flashbacks really. I mean, we have, we have had a flashback here and a flashback there, but, uh, the story is not told through flashbacks. So that would be a little bit of a departure for the style of show. But, uh I mean, that it could be a, it is a valid storytelling device and it could be interesting to tell it that way. I just don't think that this show is, uh, typically that type of show.
0: But it is a, a totally new beginning, right? It's a, it's a very different show than it was last year anyways. So why not go whole, whole hog and, and just do something completely wildly different from what it's ever been before?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, it's. It, it, it is a possibility. I just think that the, the the style of storytelling that we've had historically does not support that type of uh, narrative.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just sort of saying that to see if there's any any merit behind this, because I don't really think it would have worked either, to be quite honest with you. I think it would have been too jarring. You know, it, it would have just been too much of a drastic change for the show. I think the way they did it, to be honest, is pretty solid. Um, you know, give us a time jump, make it a very different place, but go chronological still, and then surprise us with the second time jump, which I found was a huge surprise, right? I had no idea that was coming. So I like what they've done. Um, obviously there's different ways they could have approached it, but I think, I think if we'd started episode one with Magna's group. And being rescued by Judith, yes, that would have been amazing. But once that sort of, oh my God, it's Judith six years later, feeling wore off, I think it might have been a little bit crazy. And then, and then to just go back and show how Rick ends up on that helicopter just in flashbacks or speculation or whatever, or dreams, as John said, not right. sure that would have been as satisfying a way to do it. So interesting idea, but... I just like what they've got going so
1: right now so much that uh, it's hard to think of a better way for me. All right. So next we have an email from Michael in London. Michael writes, I am a huge fan of The Walking Dead and zombie culture. I've not missed an episode of the show since its inception. I read the graphic novels, have played the games, you name it. But for the first time since the show started, I am seriously considering finding other things to watch on Monday nights. No pun intended, but the show is dying. Huh. The character development is uh, of our existing group is drastically gone downhill the last two weeks since Rick has gone. And even though there were peaks and dips, such as such as series two and early Negan episodes, these episodes feel very flat. The only plus point in this new group. Uh, it, is the new group speaking in sign language as it adds a new dynamic to the to an element of how could she have survived so long when she can't hear the danger around her? Let's just hope the Whisperers turn up and make the impact that they've been promising.
0: Right. So I wanted to include this because it is obviously sort of an opposite feeling on uh, how the show has been a little bit lately. Um, yep. So you know this idea that the character development has gone downhill in the two weeks since rick has gone i'm not sure that's fair like it's it's a lot of characters first of all and two weeks is not a very big sample size so it's hard to say that you know they've they've there's a character development problem after only two episodes since since rick has been gone i think overall the character development in season nine has been very good. And it relates back to our last email from John in that the characters are different when we start season nine. And now when we time jump six years, they're different again. Uh, And we are a going to find out what it is that sort of made them that way, but it's going to take more than two episodes. And I think we already kind of, can speculate on what's made them this way. And a third thing is I think we know some of them well enough that you can almost see their progression or you can feel their progression without having actually seen it. You know what I mean? I do. Right. We know Michonne, we know what she is like and for her to get to this place where she is now, we know something terrible must've happened. We don't know what that is, but it's Michonne. So... Uh, we see her in one episode trying to create this constitution, set up new government, really working hard on that. And then here she is, all of a sudden, uh, you know, isolated or alienating herself from other communities, which seems like the opposite of where she was. I find that fascinating. And I think, yeah, and I think there's lots of great story to be told there. We just haven't quite been given it yet. So, you know, all that is to say, uh, Michael, um, Stick with it. And and I hope you don't find something else to watch on Monday night because I think the show is not dying, but living and living well for now. Changing. Changing.
1: Everything has to change. Yes. Nothing can stay the same forever.
0: That's right. Nothing can stay the same forever. Even Negan has changed, I think. Uh, Well,
1: he got a haircut. He did. A couple of haircuts. Well, he grew his beard and then cut his beard and uh now he has a haircut but uh he seems to have changed a little bit. He's he's a little more in prison now.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's definitely a little bit more in prison. That'll that'll change someone, I guess. Yep. Uh but even like Jesus, you know, a guy who I think the Jesus character development was has been better in the one or two or three episodes he's been in in season 9 than it has in like 3 years. He was a background character. He was think about season 8, he was barely in season eight or at least the back half of season eight. Uh, And here he is. So we're getting, we're getting good stuff in my opinion. And I think overall the balance has been so, so much better and giving, giving characters time to, to do things and just be on screen and, and contribute to the story they're trying to tell. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, Michael, but uh, uh, by all means, if you do keep watching and keep listening, let it let us know what you think as it goes forward because I'm I'm certainly open to hearing alternate opinions. And you know, that's one of the reasons we do this, because there's so much to talk about with the show, right? Yep. There really is. All right. Finally, here we've got Rachel in the UK. And Rachel writes, Last night, whilst discussing the show, my husband said he feels the show has missed a trick. They should have called the whisperers the walkie talkies. And unfortunately, <laughs> I had to agree with him. Great episode.
1: Walkie talkies. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, so it seems like the zombies are talking now, Jason, and uh, that would make them walker talkers or walkie talkies. I like it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I I hope they... I do
1: the walkie and the talkie every now and again.
0: Do you? Yeah. You can walk and talk at the same time? Yeah. Usually. Good. I'm glad. Uh, You know, I mean, that's, I guess that's all we can say about that for now. Uh, but there you go. So thank you, Rachel, for sending that in and thank you everyone for sending in your comments and feedback this week. So we have the last episode of the first half of the ninth season of the walking dead coming up on Sunday night, Jason, and it is called evolution.
1: Evolution. Okay. So now we're going to start talking about the, uh, the zombie changes.
0: Right, the talking walkie-talkies. <laughs> That's right.
1: Evolution.
0: Uh, it is. The, that word has been used in some of the marketing for for the show and I think in that trailer. So now we're getting to it, evolution. Uh I'm I'm excited. I am really really excited to see what episode 8 brings next week and we of course will be back uh early next week on Tuesday night to podcast about it. So I really, really very much look forward to that. I also look forward to hearing some title reads from all you people. So record yourself saying the title of the episode, and I will play as many as I can on our recap episode on Tuesday night. That is Season 9, Episode 8, Evolution. Cool. All right. Otherwise, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at TalkingDeadPodcast.com, clicking on Send Voicemail at the top, and recording a message right into your computer. You can also use your phone if you have a voice memo app on there to record really high quality messages and email those to us. You can email us anything at talking at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. So one more one more episode. I'm super excited about it. looking forward to finding out what evolution means, and that comes next week. Until then. My name
1: is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao, ciao.